Inomine Cinema e TV e Spiritus Streaming. Amen. Hello, Hollywood faithful. We are back again with another episode of the Hollywood Confessional. I am your podcast priest, J.R. Zamorthal. And I'm Megan Dane. And we are here with a very special episode this week, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here with Joelle Garfinkel. Joelle, you ready to step into the confessional booth? Oh, yeah. All right, let's do it. Bless me, Father, for I have created a mutual aid strike fund. Oh, hell yeah. Wow. (laughs) This is going to be my favorite interview of the season. (laughs) Well, tell us all about it. But first, tell us about you. So I am a third generation Angelino, which I know is rare. Yeah. Yeah. My grandparents met at Fairfax High. They were friends with Pink of Pink's hot dogs. So like, you know. Wait, Pink is a person? That is okay. (laughs) Yeah. Stop saying what I'm thinking. She went to Fairfax High. Um, uh, They also knew, my great-grandfather knew Barney of Barney's Beanery. So apparently any L.A. food. They're all named after people. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. And then my my grandfather ran Jerry's Famous Deli in Studio City for years. Wow. So that, Yeah. So very tied into L.A. Um, and the I, history of food in L.A., yeah, which is food in L.A., yeah, specifically. Where um, in L.A. were you born? Uh, I was born in Cedars, so like, oh, yeah, okay. down the street. Um, but I grew up Agora Hills area, uh, and I always wanted to be a writer. I, like, started writing short stories basically from the time I could write, and uh, I was very shy as a kid, so I got, you know, put into acting class to kind of come out of my shell so from like an early age, like eight, I was like, hmm, I should write movies and TV. And and my grandma was like, yeah, that's a job. So I knew early on this is what I wanted to do. God, I wish my grandma told me that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, grandma. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so I went to Cal State Northridge and uh, I was lucky enough. Part of the curriculum my senior year was you had to intern and uh, so I ended up working on Smallville, um, which was like huge hit wow, show. Yeah. This was like right after they, I think it was right after the CW form. So it was season six. Um, and immediately I was like, this is what I want to do. And and just figuring out how I could get into a writer's room. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, I worked as a post PA for a while, then became a writer's assistant, then a showrunner's assistant, then a writer's assistant again. And uh have basically, you know, been doing that for the past 15 years, worked on 20 shows, and then eventually wow. I did, yeah, got into a writer's room. Yay! Um, yay! Exactly. And uh, two years ago, I got staffed on an NBC show, which was amazing. Double and, yay! yay. <laughs> but then that show got canceled. Boo! Boo. <laughs> and... Um, And then, yeah, like, as we all know, and part of the reason that we're out on strike is it has been really, really hard for lower level writers to find that second job. So despite having all this experience, despite having multiple freelances and a staffing job under my belt, I couldn't find that second staffing job. And I'm a single mom. I love to work. And so I went back uh, as a script coordinator and was lucky enough that um, I did get a freelance on that show and was sent to set to produce my episode, which was oh, an wow. incredible experience. And then now we are on strike. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. So this happened just recently. Yeah, I was up in Vancouver just in uh, March of this year. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 
Were they able to finish your season before the strike ended? Yeah. So we finished. We were going to come back for season two a week after the strike started. Oh, So our season two is pushed and we'll see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's that's just everybody's mantra. Like, we'll see what happens. It's all (laughs) day by day. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a ton of experience in TV and writer's rooms. Do you have any experience organizing or creating mutual aid? Uh, no. Uh, the most experience I have organizing is I'm a type A Virgo. So I'm very, <laughs> very organized in my own life. But no. So I had no experience in this, no experience in the nonprofit world. Um, and like, truthfully, the amount that we have been able to raise and everything that we've been able to do is continues to blow my mind. That's yeah, so it's cool. it's really amazing. And actually, before we get into um, that a little bit more, can you talk about how the idea came about? So for me, you know, I was, you know, just focused on like, what am I, how am I going to pay my bills? You know, like all of us, like, you know, figuring out all the different resources. I was lucky enough. I applied for uh, the WGA strike fund loan. I got approved and that was like a great peace of mind. But I was like, okay, so I've got month one covered. What am I going to do? You know, (laughs) like for as long as this goes. So it was right about um, the start of month two and I got a green envelope in the mail, which, you know, as as we know, that's what our residual checks come in. And I was so used to at that point it being like a 22 cent check. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like. It's almost l- insulting. Well, it's also like less than the cost of postage. So it's kind of like, what is even, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> what well, is imagine the thought being process? the person who is like the accountant yeah. who has to figure, oh, okay, so we owe them 22.1 cents. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so but we'll round postage, down. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's, yeah, maddening. But I was so used to a 22 cent check and I opened it up and it was like a check that was almost the exact same amount for what I was approved for the strike fund. Oh, wow. So it was like a solid, months worth of bills yeah and the relief I felt like honestly opening it it was so palpable and like immediately it was it was like a light bulb moment I'm like okay I have enough money to pay my bills I also have enough money I'm gonna send grocery money to our uh, PA being support staff I always am looking out for the support staff our support staff they're really hurting right now because Mm -hmm. they're not they don't have the same resources that we do, they can't even get free food at Bob's, you know, like, it's, you know, a struggle. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to Venmo her a hundred dollars. She can use it for groceries. It'll be a boost. And she was so grateful. And it was like immediately that same feeling that I got, she, you know, Mm. conveyed that she also felt. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this for one more person. Like that's all, you know, I can afford, but like, I want to be able to pass this feeling forward and so I did, you know, what we all do, uh, go to Twitter and <laughs> I went to so-called Twitter, like right. <laughs> back, you know, only two months back ago. Back in the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I, I just made like a post that was, uh, you know, if anyone is struggling right now because of the strike support staff specifically, DM me, um, you know, I'm going to raffle off a hundred dollars towards groceries And, you know, the response was immediate, like, you know, people immediately um, DM'd me and, and, you know, because there was such a need for this. And so I was like, okay, well, we'll do a raffle. And then what happened was a friend of mine that I reconnected with on the picket line, she reached out to me and she's like, I just got a green envelope too. Like, can I send you money? 
And like, Mm. we now sponsor like three people. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So we were able to sponsor three people. And then another writer friend of mine reached out to me and she's like, I've been looking for ways to help. I would also like to, you know, contribute. And so I just kind of realized like I you know, was this kind of person in between, you know, knowing all these writers and showrunners, but also like having a pipeline to support staff. Mm -hmm. So I asked my friend, I was like, do you think I can like actually turn this into something where writers would donate and I can like facilitate this? And she's like, yes, go for it. And then I called my accountant because I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, let's make sure, you know, like everything is kosher, you know, and like, what are the parameters? And learned a lot about that because one thing is we're not a nonprofit like and and so um it's just me that's you know sending the venmo and or paypal whatever you know money app once i got the go ahead from my accountant then i just you know put it up on twitter and i think that first day we got like five thousand dollars in donations which was just incredible. Like, so that would support 50 support staffers for groceries for a week. Yeah. So that would support, yeah, the 50 support staffers. Initially, it was just people were DMing me. And then within a week, you could tell that this was going to start taking off. And uh, someone reached out to me that was involved in like pre WGA world. And so that was also a great pipeline to, you know, the people that need it most. And, he helped me make an application and a logo. And I was like, okay, like this is starting to become a thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. So now we have, you know, an application and yeah, it's just, it's, it's taken off from there. And what's amazing is the fund prior to SAG and after going on strike had continued to grow with the demand. Once SAG and after went on strike, the demand has, has like quadrupled sure. understandably. So, yeah. but, um, cause we're open to all union members. Do you have a pipeline for actors to donate? Do you think actors know about this fund? That's a great question. I mean, I'm starting to now that they're on the picket lines with us. I'm, I'm a captain at Radford, so we're not an official SAG after a site. And that's where, you know, a lot of me pushing it, you know, on the picket line has, mm-hmm. has come in. But yeah, like there and we have had da- actors now donate, which is pretty exciting. So I think that, yeah, the more people that we are able to spread the word about will continue to get those donations. Mm -hmm. There has not, thankfully there has not been a day that um, the fund has hit completely zero. So, which is also incredible. Yeah. That's inspiring. So now I'll add in the fact that you hit a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, the latest is, I think it's 112,000. Like, so we hit, yeah. Which again is amazing. I've been able to give eleven hundred, eleven hundred and ten grants to different people. So it's it's yeah, pretty eleven hundred and ten different people. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's we're amazing. just now starting to do repeat funds, um, mm-hmm. and so how it had been um, since it started as mainly for support staff and lower level writers. Support staff continues to get priority funds. Um, so they apply. They are usually not waitlisted. Everyone else gets put into a waitlist. And and the waitlist now is about two to three weeks. So, you know, we still try and get funds as soon as possible and make it as easy as possible. Uh, but if uh, support staff does reapply, they will not get the priority. They'll be put into the general waitlist. And how do they apply now that the DM 
thing is yeah. <laughs> so we have an application I put um, on my Twitter every night just the the latest totals a link to the application a link to donate and then like any you know notes for the day I guess like, <laughs> you know um, and also like who we're currently sending funds to like what date of application we're sending to so people can kind of track and see where we're at mm-hmm. um, and what's your um, I will ask you again at the end um, but your uh, Twitter handle so people can follow you and find out. Uh, Miss Joelle Garf is my my Twitter handle. And then we will eventually have a website. Um, but this whole thing honestly has felt like laying like train track as the train is coming. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even know I could drive a train. Like, so. <laughs> I've got a lot of experience putting track in front of the train yeah. by being by doing TV. So Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, and so I'm really interested in how this whole thing has changed your experience or your feelings about the strike. You started off in a very different place yeah. than where you're at now, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it was, you know, at the start of the strike, I was also hesitant to become a captain because I was like, mm. I'm a single mom. I don't have really the time and the bandwidth. And, you know, I think also another thing is there's a lot of insecurity about where we're all at in our careers. And I felt like I'm like, I can't be a captain. Like I was just a script coordinator, Mm -hmm. which like I'm totally glad that was dispelled, you know, because it's been such an amazing experience. And I I honestly I don't know if I hadn't become a captain, if I would have felt enabled, you know, empowered to do this. The fund, it's just been, it's just been incredible, like in terms of feeling the solidarity on an everyday basis. Since we opened it up to all unions, we also accept donations from anyone. And like we get donations from people all around the world. There's a woman who donates in Hong Kong like every other week just because she's a fan of television. Oh my God. Yeah. There's like, there's been parents that have emailed me from all over the country that they're like, my son is, you know, studying to become an actor. And so like, I want to give to, you know, support the future. And those are always incredible. And, you know, there's been people that have donated because they're like a fan of TV or like a fan of a particular TV show. So it's just, you know, and, and all the messages are so encouraging and inspiring, but also the people that are applying, you know, like Yahtzee has been such a, ally to us, you know, in the strike, which is, mm-hmm. I think, a major difference in 07 and 08. And mm-hmm. so to be able to give something back to them as they are sacrificing and, you know, we're supporting each other is just, it's amazing. Like, so yeah, so I feel very, very grateful for that. I do have more questions, but I feel like I've been monopolizing the conversation. No, I'm I'm just simply in awe listening. Like my brain <laughs> is spinning just like I'm, I'm, completely awed by the work that you're doing. I think it's so amazing. Like I honestly I feel like I'm listening to a podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, we just want We're to say you're also a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> say something. Say something. <laughs> I will say that has been for me the hardest part of the fund is like people that I admire and like respect so much being like what you're doing is incredible. I'm like, I'm just sending Venmo. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it is incredible. It's, 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 you know, an amazing service for somebody that was, you know, not sure about where, how you were going to cover bills or or if you have rent, not sure how you're going to cover that to go from that 
sort of mindset to a mindset where you're helping the entire community. It's expanded from writers to actors to even IATSE. I mean, that's incredible. The best was we had janitors that were fired, you know, and stuff at at different studios and stuff. And they, uh, some of them also applied for the fund. So being able to give them was, was also just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I was interested in, you know, you, you mentioned a couple times your experience as a captain and how that has helped empower you in ways that maybe you weren't expecting. And um, I was wondering if you would be comfortable talking about that a little bit, because, you know, a lot of our listeners may not even know what a captain does or what that means. I mean, I would say every lot varies. At Radford, we're a very small and mighty lot. We prob- we have about 12 <laughs> captains as opposed to like, I think Warner Brothers has 40 or something. But, you know, it's just making the commitment to be at the picket line and it is organizing. And so, you know, to your question earlier, like, do you have any experience organizing, like being a captain and starting the fund feels very similar, you know, and and just in, in terms of the bandwidth and what's required our lot coordinator at Radford, she's also deemed captains as like sidewalk social workers because (laughs) every day there's something, you know, it's being able to answer questions and, you know, dry tears and give hugs and offer encouragement. And, you know, but I do think, you know, being in a leadership experience, especially, you know, being support staff for most of my career has been, you know, very empowering and is, is making me realize I'm like, okay, like, this is not me as a person. This is the system at large that we're a part of. And I've had several friends that have felt that way that, you know, they've been able to kind of come into their own a little bit just because right now we're all in the same playing field of being out of work and not knowing what's going to happen next. That is a really interesting perspective. And, um, and I think, I have had I've had sort of a similar experience, you know, I, I'm not a captain, but I am on the line every day. And, um, you know, you just like, you walk and talk with so many people from all different backgrounds. And it doesn't matter. No, like nobody's talking about what level they were on yeah. the show that they were on. I mean, you basically never even talk about writing. Yeah. You're just talking about life and being human together. And, um, you know, and then you find out like weeks later, oh, my God, I was I, I've been buddies with the creator of such and such. Yeah. And I didn't even know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And that's a really special experience. I mean, you know, we're all like struggling in various ways and wishing that we, the strike would end. (laughs) Um, but there's also a lot of silver linings to it, I think. Absolutely. And I think the community that we're all building, like that's exactly what it is, is community, you know, where we're all in this together. And so it's like, that has been such a huge silver lining is, you know, having that realization. My mind is, I'm just, my wheels are spinning. (laughs) This is crazy. (laughs) Like, it's so crazy that you didn't have any experience and it just like happened and then it happened bigger and happened bigger and so many people are helped. I know, I know. It's, that's what I mean. My, like, my mind is blown by this whole process because like never in my wildest dreams. In fact, after I called my accountant, I talked to my dad and, you know, I was telling him about what I was trying to do. And he's like, I think you're fine. Like, as long as it doesn't hit like $10,000 or something, I'm like, we're (laughs) never going to, like, so assured. I'm like, we're never going to hit 10,000. I think we like hit it the second week. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah. And like a hundred thousand was such a huge milestone because like, that's real money. And like being able to help a thousand people like feels like 
it's making it, you know, a big difference. And even now it'll be, you know, amazing being out on the picket line. People will either come up to me and say, you know, they've received funds or they've shared funds or they've donated. And so it's almost become its own community in a way, which is also oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, again, for our listeners, if they want to donate, how do they do that? So again, on my Twitter, I have the, the links to donate. So we are accepting donations via, um, Venmo and PayPal and, uh, on Venmo it's Joelle dash Garfinkel. And I've got the little green envelope grocery aid logo. So, you know, it's that PayPal it's Joelle Garfinkel at gmail.com, awesome. which is also my email address. So you can now email me and not DM me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. I'm really curious to hear, like, God willing, the strike will be over soon. Um, and what do you see as the future for Green Envelope Grocery Aid? So that's definitely something that I've been thinking a lot about. Um, you know, I at one point I was thinking, is this something that I can actually turn into a nonprofit, which I'm not putting off the table, but I just don't have the bandwidth or the money right now to to do that. But I do think that this has definitely opened my eyes that there is a need for an emergency aid that covers all unions, all industry members. So I would love to see it continue. I certainly think even if the strike ends next week, you know, or whatever, there will still be, you know, a need for this. And so I will continue it as long as I have donations and funds to continue to do so. Yeah. And I'd like to see some version of it continue even past the strike. I love that. Yeah. That's a really great point about a need for an emergency fund across all unions. I mean, it's big idea. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and that's really what it turned into. Like, I I loved the alliteration of green envelope grocery. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know, it's a hundred dollars, and it's it's so it's not going to move the needle as far as rent or you know anything. But it is some sort of emergency relief. And I've had people that have been like, my cat was down to its last bag of litter. Like, thank God, you know, wow. this came in. And, yeah. Or people have been using it, you know, to pay bills or you know whatever. And so it, it is. I think more of an emergency aid, but green envelope emergency aid just did it. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you see coming for yourself as a, as a writer and a creative and a human? Yeah. um, I mean, I just want to go back to work and and continue to write. And um, I will say I'm so grateful for this has really, you know, introduced me to a lot of people. I've built my community up even more. Um, I'm getting to meet you guys, you know, and so there's been so many just personal benefits of of things that have been brought into my life as a result of this. And so, yeah, I'm just kind of taking it day by day. So uh, one more time for the record, your Twitter is Miss Joelle. Can you spell it out? Yeah, uh, M-S-J-O-E-L-L-E-G-A-R-F. Uh, Ms. Joelle Garf. <laughs> And we do have a uh, email address for Green Envelope, which is just greenenvelopegroceryaid at gmail.com. So everyone can also email there if they need an application or donation information. Yeah. And we make it really easy. The application, all you need is uh, either an IMDb link or uh, proof of a union card or people have even sent like call sheets and just something to prove that you, you know, actually work in the industry and are a human <laughs> always helpful yeah. <laughs> alright so to summarize if people want to donate 
They can find you on Twitter at Miss Joelle Garf. Yes. And they donate through Venmo or PayPal or PayPal. Yes. And if they want to apply, they email the green envelope grocery aid. They can do that. Or also the application link is also on my Twitter. Fantastic. And what is the green envelope email again? Uh, green envelope grocery aid at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this interview and also for everything that you're doing to make Hollywood a happier place. We need more people like you in the industry. And um, hopefully this experience is helping us all to find each other. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Why don't you close out this episode with our message to the Hollywood community? Go create in peace. Awesome. The Hollywood Confessional is produced by Megan Dane and J.R. Zamorathal. Special effects provided by Zapsplat and Pixabay. Hollywood Confessional is a Ninth Way Media production. Follow us on socials at Fess Up Hollywood. Hollywood.